0: Many of us have noticed all the number sevens in Genesis and all throughout the Bible. Some are incidental, but others are intentional. Genesis 1-3 not only uses the number seven, but makes patterns and phrases based on the number seven many of which are only noticeable when read in its original language. If we are to fully understand the richness and beauty behind God's word, we must first dive deep and reflect on the reason behind each instance. This video will show when, why, and how Genesis 1-3 uses the number 7 to make it quite possibly the most awe-inspiring, beautiful, and intricate text ever to be written. So this is a paper from Jeff Morrow called Creation as Temple Building and Work as Liturgy in Genesis 1-3. to And he describes it as this. The number seven is important for the form and content of Genesis 1 as the number of perfection in the ancient Near East, the number relating to covenant and of course the number of the day known as the Sabbath, the pinnacle of creation. Genesis 1-1 contains several words. Genesis 1-2 has 14 words, 7 times 2. Furthermore, significant words in the passage occur in multiples of 7. God, 35 times, which is 7 times 5. Earth, 21 times, which is 7 times 3. Heavens, and firmament, which is 21 times. And it was so, which is 7 times. And God saw that it was good, which is 7 times. Now there's also some interesting things here as we keep going. The 10 sayings with which, according to the Talmud, the whole world was created, that is, the 10 utterances of God beginning with the words and said, are clearly divisible into two groups. The first group contains seven divine fiats, enjoining the creation of the creatures. The second group comprises three pronounces that emphasize God's concern for man's welfare. Thus, we have here two, a series of seven corresponding dicta. The terms light and day are found in all seven times in the first paragraph, and there are seven references to light in the fourth paragraph. Water is mentioned seven times in the course of paragraphs two and t- and the fifth and sixth paragraphs from the word Haya occur seven times. The expression, it was good, appears seven times, the seventh time, very good. In the seventh paragraph which deals with the seventh day there occur occurred the following three consecutive sentences three for emphasis each of which consists of seven words and contains the middle expression the seventh day and on the seventh day god finishes which he had done and he rested on the seventh day for all his work which he had done so god blessed the seventh day and hallowed it the words in the seventh paragraph total 35 times five times seven to suppose that this is all mere coincidence is just not possible. He also states Kasutu even argues that Genesis 2 to 3 exhibit this focus on the number seven. He writes a clear indication of the unity of the section because, of course, there's a debate about whether Genesis 1 is different from Genesis 2, if they were written at different times or authors, and the numerical symmetry based on the number seven that we find in the section just as we encountered it in the story of creation here too. Which is, you know, referred in chapters two and three. The words that express the fundamental concepts of the passage recur a number, a given number of times—seven times or a multiple of seven. The name Eden occurs together with East Hebrew t- seven times. The name Adam is appears together almost 28, 28 times, times seven—and the word Ish and its synonyms Ezra and Selah, are used twenty-one times. That is three times seven. So, two. we find 21 examples of words derived from akal, seven in the fair paragraph describing the sin. Likewise, the verb laka, which is given special emphasis in the number of verses, occurs all told seven times in the course of the section. And when I sought to break up the section into paragraphs, according to the logical division of the contents, there naturally emerged seven paragraphs. So I know that's all a lot to say, but we see these super weird, like, emphasis of number seven. Like, whatever is happening here, there has to be a certain theological significance that the writer of Genesis was trying to portray. While, yes, the number seven was most likely used as a conceptual metaphor or example to describe the work week for the Israelites, it doesn't fully explain the overabundance and placements of sevens. He goes on to say, The careful attention to a sevenfold structure indicates that Genesis in its final form is a literal liturgical text. For those that aren't very familiar with it, a liturgical text is something that is written to be said aloud and typically has a certain format which can be good for memory or makes it, I guess, roll off the tongue. He goes on to say, we know today that the Babylonian creation epic, Enuma Elish, was customarily read in ceremonies in the sanctuary, whereas the Persians recited their theogony while sacrificing. Also, in Israel, at least in the Second Temple times, the priestly courses and the I'm not even sure what that is. Who made at the time sacrifices were being offered in Jerusalem, customarily read portions from the account of creation, and on the sixth day they recited Wakulu Hasmam, which is basically the heavens were finished which is in Genesis 2.1. Now this is worth mentioning here that the enumeral is the Babylonian creation myth, which many scholars think that Genesis was written in response to. So it makes sense that they would have these these patterns of symmetry here. What what Mara is essentially saying here is that Genesis 1 is written in a way that it could be spoken aloud, possibly for priestly duties. Which of course, what's the purpose of number seven? Well, seven is often described as the number of completion or perfection in the Old Testament and other parts of the ancient Aries. My friend Ben Stanhope summarizes it extraordinarily well. The construction of the tabernacle in Exodus 40 was completed in seven stages, and its priests ordained in a seven-day process. The construction of Solomon's temple took seven years, and it was dedicated during a seven-day festival held on the seventh month. And this temple symbolism wasn't unique to Israelite culture either. We have 4,000-year-old cylinders from Samaria that also detail a seven-day temple dedication feast. He says, It took one year to bring the stones and slabs, and it took another year to fashion them, although not even two or three days that he let pass idly. Then it needed a day's work to set up each one, but by the seventh day he had set them all around the house. Or take the Ugaritic texts, written nearly a millennium before Genesis 1 was edited. They have Baal completing his house on cosmic Mount Zephanu, in seven days. The association between the number seven and temples might give us good reason to think Genesis one was seen as a type of text to inaugurate God's cosmic temple. While the number seven could have simply been a number to describe an object to make the point, okay, this was perfect. One would think that wherever God is, that place must be perfect. And since the place where God is would have been the temple, it also might have been seen as something like, when you think of perfection, you think of the temple. Of course, one might ask, well, how is Genesis one about God creating a temple? Make sure to like and subscribe as I will be going into great detail to give additional reasons why I think Genesis 1 describes God creating his cosmic temple.